huge welcome to the show, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Sarah. Been a long time since we've had a chat. Oh, it's quite nice, isn't it? It's I mean, we, we miss our Jane, but it, you know, she'll be back very soon. <laughs> she will. She will. Sal, today you are crossing off uh, two places that are on my bucket list to see the Northern Lights. We're going to look at and yes. Italy. Well, I think the Northern Lights particularly is on a lot of people's bucket list. I mean, along with Italy too, of course. <laughs> Have you done both of them? I'm doing the Northern Lights at the end of the year. Oh, wow. And that's why I thought I'd talk about it in advance, but um, I'll be able to talk about it a lot more at the end of the year. But um, in Italy, of course, yes, I have done Italy. Beautiful. Sal, I would love to go to Norway and the Northern Lights, it's something that everyone who experiences it says you just cannot understand until you experience it yourself. Like a lot of things in life, isn't it, with nature? And, of course, what you've got to remember is the these phenomenon of lights, both the Southern Lights and the Northern Lights, are actually there all year round, but you can't see them in the daylight. But there are years when the like the phosphor- phosphorence or the luminous luminosity of the lights is better than other years, and it all depends. It's, a, it's quite a scientific background to that. Right. But they're saying the last best year was 2014, and the next best year, I think, is not going to be till 2025. So that doesn't mean you're not going to see them, but it still depends on the weather. Like, you're better off not having a full moon because then some people say they like having the moon because it lights everything up, but other people say, no, it takes away away. and you need a clear sky. And you need it to be in their period of uh, a lot of darkness, which starts around September. Around October. Okay. Um, Probably September's a bit too early. So uh, I'm going at the end of the year and our sailing is doing the Norwegian coastal voyage on Hurtigruten, which is like a ferry slash takes passengers and they have a a number of these vessels quite a a large fleet and they just it means fast route in Norwegian yeah so it was uh, came up many years ago because there was no roads into a lot of these places and still aren't so you're just ducking into every fjord all the way up so you're doing about 14 to 20 ports a call over six days or six nights seven days so I'm just doing the the one-way trip which is from Bergen to Kirkness and Kirkness is right at the top of Norway only 40 kilometers from the Russian border so you can actually go to the border and, you know, say you've that's almost been cool. yeah, yeah, into right. Russia. But um, don't, don't, oh, I don't know whether I'd be going to do that. <laughs> Might lose a foot. <laughs> you can also do a round trip. But, of course, it is also very beautiful to do it in the summer months, of course. And I have a friend who, who actually lives in Sweden and he's, he loves Norway. He considers it's the most beautiful, mm. even though he's Swedish, of all the Scandinavian countries. Wow. <clears throat> and he's done this voyage twice with his parents in the winter and in the summer to experience both ways. Because obviously from about November or getting close to the winter solstice, but certainly from late November through to at least the end of February, you're in total darkness. The sun never rises above the horizon. Oh, that would just be... Yeah. Something else, wouldn't it? Yeah. But in the summer months, you've got 24 hours of sunlight. Mm. Uh, is it, so. I, I have, I've never read into this, but I'm guessing, um, you know, in, when you've got all that daylight, uh, people mm. would suffer from depression less than, than in the winter. You, know, you would think so, wouldn't you? I mean, I, I don't think I could live somewhere where it was in total darkness. It would be tough. I think it would be really hard, but I guess that's where they're born. That's what they're used to. Yeah. Yep. Um, but having said that, we've just been talking about Norway, but of course, you don't just have to go to Norway. I mean, there's all parts of 
of the Northern Hemisphere you can go to to experience this. So if you're wanting to go, say, to Manitoba or in parts of Canada, the northern part of Canada, other parts of Scandinavia as well, where you can observe this. And, of course, the southern lights, you go down to the southern part of Tasmania, you'll see the southern lights. But there's a different ways you can do it. And also with photography, it's important that you take a good SLR camera because your smartphones and that, they don't have that they capability. And no. they, with all that light, it just you won't get a good picture. You'll find, though, on a lot of these cruise vessels, it's great to do it as a cruise probably rather than land-based because the cruises are often away from city lights, as you can understand. Oh, that's a good point. You're always not going to have the interference of city light around you. So you've really got to be somewhere remote if you're doing it as a land-based trip or on the vessels, you're virtually always not near city lights. You know, they're just small villages and you're often cruising and they wake you up. So if the lights suddenly appear, that's the other benefit, rather than you having to sit around all night nearly falling asleep, <laughs> hoping that the northern lights are going to be switched on. Um, yes, they ring a, ring a little bell on the vessel. Oh, isn't that cool? They say, go to bed in just your trackies or whatever, that you can throw your, you know, your, your warm gear on over your top, your warm jacket, and go out on deck, and there you go. You'll, you know, they'll let you know when they're there. So that's another benefit of doing it as a, as a cruise as well. So, yeah, it's something I'm really looking forward to as well. But if you're going to Canada, though, like what other things you can do there like you can go and do the grizzly bears and you can fly into all these wonderful lodges and if you're doing it in the um also in the norwegian region you can go snow sledding you know and that doesn't start till about december though there's not enough snow still so that's an option that's available but you can still go if you want and and visit all the husky dogs and the reindeers where they're kept and they say even that's a wonderful experience or you can go fishing for the great big king crabs wow or you can go kayaking or so there's all these optional trips you can do so don't make it just about the northern lights always you know, try do, and package it up yeah, so you're getting so you're a doing, few different experiences. You're getting a real experience of the country you're visiting, as well as you know, obviously there to hopefully. I mean, there's no guarantee like anything in life with nature, but as a general rule of thumb, if you're going between November and March you're pretty well guaranteed. You're going to get a little glimpse. Yeah, whether it's every night, depending on your weather, as I said, cloud cover, moon, clarity of sky. But look, I just think it's going to be just the most amazing thing and I can't wait. And Sal, by by all accounts, for something that um, just attracts so many tourists, it sounds Mm. like it's it hasn't been too commercialised. Well, no, it, it hasn't. And I think because, I mean, you do have larger cruise ships that will go into these areas, but I think most people really get quite a delight out of doing it on the, these smaller ferry-style vessels. And depending on whether you're a small ship cruise person, which I am, you can go on a vessel that only takes about 200 people. I think that's fantastic. Or some of them go up to 600, but they're not large cruise ships and it's not entertainment. You get wonderful food on board and you get people that are experienced, you know, often in astronomy or on the the geography, geology of the land, etc. So you're getting guides and excursions, etc. as you go along. But it still will be a wonderful experience and you don't have to have dress-up clothes or anything. You've just got to have good, practical, warm Your winter woolies. Good boots, gloves, hat, you know, waterproof type stuff, you know, warmth is the main thing. Well, Sal, we can't wait to hear all about it when you go and and come back and tell us. Sal, we're heading to Italy, a place I would also love to go and I really want to try their gelato. Uh, it's always about the stomach, isn't it's it? It's always about the food. Mm. Well, I think that's what travel is, isn't it? Isn't it always it to do... Is. It's the culture, the history, the food, exper- experiences, is. all those experiences. It's just wonderful. Italy has always been 
a very popular destination. Mm. Um, and it still is. Like it, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, but Croatia's on the map now and this one's on the map. Yeah, they are, and, and they are popular, but Italy still is a draw card. It's got the Alps near it. And well, you're very close. Yeah, you're very close to the Dolomite Ranges at the, the north of Italy, and you've got the Lakes District. You've got the Cinque Terre, which is that wonderful cliff villages along the, the west coast. Yes. Then you've got you know places like Positano, the Amalfi Coast, Capri. Then you go down to the Boot and down to Puglia, and there's some beautiful, you know, really old villages there. Like there's one called Matera, and it was considered the most poverty-stricken town in Italy and for many, many years. And it virtually the government shut the town down because it was in such degradation. But they've brought it back now because it was built into the walls and cave. They lived in these cave-like houses like you hear they did in Turkey you know where they have the the cave dwellings so Matera is this old ancient it's one of the oldest cities in the world that and it's still survives. Yes, now. and they're now putting restaurants into the caves, and you know, bringing the city back to life. And it's right down in that bottom area. And you're not so, having to travel too far to do all of these things. Well, nowhere in Europe is like once you're in that country, you're like there. you just hop on a train or hire a car, whichever your preference is. I mean, obviously, there's not trains to every city, so sometimes you. What we usually do is because um, I don't like driving in the major cities. Like we'll hire a, get a train, you know, to the regional area we want, then pick up a car because a lot of those small regional towns do not have a rail yeah, network. Yeah, that's a nice way to do it. And it's too. a better way. And you're not getting stressed about driving, you know, in the larger cities. Yes. And getting parks in a lot of these places is almost... Uh, you can imagine trying to get a park in Paris or Rome or somewhere. I mean, just just forget it. And when you don't know the places you said as well, you don't know all the tricks of the trade and you're no. nervous. And you, know, and you it's might be able to read the signs of the language. That's very true. And you could too. be parking somewhere illegal. No parking. Oh, great. This looks good. <laughs> exactly. Don't worry. It happened to a friend of mine. She came home to a bill of $3,000 worth of parking fines because the rental car people in Italy hadn't given them a, like a, a list of showing them what all the parking signs meant. So she actually took it to, to, say, to the embassy here in she won because she hadn't been informed. Fair enough. But just too. letting people know, be careful with things like that. Always ask if you don't if you don't understand the language of the country you're in, what regulations are for parking, or if they can print off something for you to show you what the parking signs look like if it says don't park here or whatever. Good advice, Sal. Yeah, but anyway, I just thought talk. There's some wonderful new itineraries have come out for Italy. Like I just said, Puglia, and this is this is a lovely six day itinerary, and you do go to um, the UNESCO World Heritage Sites of I mentioned Matera, Alber, um, Bello and Castel del Monte, and uh, you just they're really charming towns in this bottom part that not as many people go to everyone seems to head to Tuscany and you know so if you go down there you're going to find areas that aren't as you know inundated with tourists there's also another lovely itinerary you can do doing the Prosecco Hills I mean Prosecco I love who doesn't I love that more than champagne now actually (laughs) I really like Prosecco a good Italian Prosecco there's another eight day flavors of Sicily cooking week you know, to give you an idea, there's another seven-day tour, the essence of Abruzzo, where you're doing a hands-on cooking classes again there in the Abruzzo region. But there's lots of rail itineraries, and I love rail in Italy and well, anywhere in Europe. And there's so many rail itineraries coming out now for the people that don't want to drive and don't want to be on a coach tour. You know, it's not ev- everyone has different ideas of how they want to travel, and not everyone wants to do a coach tour or wants to drive. So the rail option is fantastic because what you're getting is here they actually these new rail tools that have come out you're still getting a tour director 
but you're just hopping and hopping on and off trains, all first class on high speed trains, all four star century located hotels with breakfasts included, and you get luggages collected for you and taken to your hotel at each point. And you get some of these have got, for example, this one here. It's a two week tour with thirteen breakfasts, four dinners, a lunch with wine tasting, an aperitif with appetizers, a local food tasting with wine, a special dinner with wine, welcome drinks and snacks. All these sorts of things, and they're going like to Milan, Venice, Florence, Rome, and the Sorrento coast. That's, Doing everything. That's just one of the grand tours by rail. There's another interesting one that's come out for 2021, and this is doing the Italian lakes, Locarno, and the Benina Express. So you even get an opportunity to go on that beautiful rail journey through the mountains to St. Moritz, so, which is fantastic. And you're getting to go to Lake Maggiore, which is fantastic, Lake Como, Lake Garda, all that beautiful Lake District, Milan. So if the Italian lakes are your interest, you know, that's a beautiful itinerary doing that area and really immersing yourself in the Italian Lakes region. But there's just so many good itineraries out here now that you could just do anything. And whether you do want coach, self-drive, be independent, group, and so many cooking tours and special interest tours are you available. You really originally. tailor it now to, to what oh, you want to do. Absolutely. You know, you just immerse yourself in Sicily or, as I said, the Cinque Terre or the Italian lakes. But I reckon, yeah, coming down now to that eastern side of the boot and the coast, there's a lovely little town down there called Polignano di Mare. And there's a restaurant set in, the, in a cave overlooking the ocean. So you're sitting inside this cave overlooking the ocean oh, yes. having this wonderful Italian meal in this lovely old Italian Sounds village. beautiful. Yeah. So, look, Italy, it's on a lot of people's bucket list as well, not just mine or yours, Sarah. Mm, yeah. But, but it's one of those countries that is very appealing and very popular. So there's lots of different ways you can do it. Always just remember that. There's no one size fits all. And hot deals in the marketplace. You have a few for us, Sal. I do, and I probably won't get through them all, but never mind. We'll get in as many as we can. We were talking... Northern Lights today. So this is a Northern Light and Winter Rockies package. It's 14 days from under $5,000 ex-Australia with departures going from December through to March next year. So you're going into Whitehorse, which is fantastic, which is really the most northern point you can get to there on the western side of Canada to see the beautiful lights. But you also then continue on to Edmonton, Jasper, do a Malign Canyon Ice Walk, Lake Louise, Banff, snowshoeing, etc. So a lovely itinerary there if you're thinking of going the Canadian way. And as I mentioned before, there are plenty of voyages on Hertie Gruten if you're interested in doing the Norwegian part of it as well. And they often have special early bird offers if you're thinking of going, you know, if it's too late for this year and you're thinking of going next year. Yeah. So have a look at that as well. Um, now, the other ones we've got here, as we've mentioned, there have been some lovely holidays through Europe. We've talked about Italy but also France, which is still one of my favourites as well, as you know. Discover Provence and the Côte d'Azur, because we were just talking about that area, yes, weren't we? Yes, we were. And uh, this commences in Marseille, and it's a 10-day itinerary that takes you through that area. And what people don't often realise, like the landscape down some of that Riviera, Riviera, I'll get it out in a minute. Area. Let's try it. <laughs> yeah, right. Area. Um, <laughs> you get diverse landscapes. And a lot of it has quite soaring cliffs. And you can get up into the little village up in behind Nice and that called Grasse, G-R-A-S-S-E, which is where all the famous French perfumes are made. And Beautiful. so there's lots of other things you can do if you're not just a fan of just 
sitting and watching all the all the gold jewellery clad people walk by. <laughs> uh, but certainly, I mean, you go on to Ace en Provence, as I said, to Cannes, to Nice, Monaco, which is a wonderful little itinerary, and also Alsace. I know Jane's a, f- a, a fan of Alsace, and it's that lovely town on the French-German border that's got a unique style of architecture that you won't see anywhere else, um, which is quite fantastic and very colourful. So you can do a lovely four-day one just just to Alsace and immerse yourself there. Same with Bordeaux, and again in the Dordogne, which is in the southwest region of France, and it's a beautiful area again, renowned for its food, its markets, its prehistoric sites, its wines. Just not far inland from from Bordeaux. So there's some lovely itineraries you can do there as well. Definitely. Um, we just were talking too about that Dalmatian area. Uh, there is a lovely tour there, a 21-day tour to really immerse yourself in that Adriatic coastline, going to places, of course, like Dubrovnik, which everyone loves, a beautiful walled city of Dubrovnik, Lake Bled, Split, the Plitvici Lakes National Park. Um, you're doing all sorts of culinary delights of Sarajevo on a gourmet walking tour, including a degustation of Bosnian cheeses, smoked meats and traditional foods, etc. You enjoy hospitality of locals at a special home-hosted dinner as well, an alpine dairy farming museum. You visited traditional gingerbread museum, all these sort of things. So that's a wonderful itinerary, and that's from under $10,000 for the whole 21 days. But, yeah, look, there's a lovely one here again. We mentioned the Bernina Express earlier. Now, this is actually a fly cruise holiday. It's valid for sale until the 30th of September, and it starts from under $4,000 per person. It goes March next year, so you're returning with... um, um, Qatar Airways from Sydney to Milan. You get three nights pre-cruise accommodation in Milan and from Milan you do that again, that beautiful Swiss Alps Benina Express Rail Day Tour out of Milan before you then go on an eight-night cruise on the MSC vessel Grandiosa and that comes back and that is going into some lovely uh, places as well. Naples, Messina, Valletta in Malta, Palma de Mallorca in Spain, Barcelona, Marseille and back to Genoa. So all of that for that price. I that's think that's fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. Air, accommodation, your cruise and a rail journey. So from under $4,000. That's ridiculous. And good. you can extend, obviously, with any of these. When we talk about some of these that are a package together, you do get that opportunity, if you wish, extend, subject to availability of flights if you wanted to stay longer, obviously, because okay. yeah, these are only just a package for that particular duration, but you can. You can extend. With most of these, that option is available. So there's lots of uh, 2020 early birds still before it's too late. You can up till about the end of September with most of them. We can still get some great early bird discounts on a whole range of products for 2020 and even into 2021. Get in and get booking if you, you want to do a holiday. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right, Sally, thank you so much. Thanks, You'll be Sarah. back next week. I will. Looking forward to it. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.